Blessed be tree family. How's everybody doing this evening? How's it going, blessed be? I don't know what's going on right now. I'm still hearing the chime chimes. There it is. Wonderful. Finally kicking over. How's everybody doing this wonderful evening? Blessed be tree family. Uh, on the line, we have the Going 108 podcast, T-Cast, and the wonderful Austin Goodman coming in for some political commentary, also an awareness perspective that we all need. Mr. Um, Goodman. <laughs> How is everybody doing? Can everybody hear me okay? Doing well. Okay. Hey, hey, How are you doing? Doing well. Great. Good to hear you again. So um, for those who are unaware, we just had a very interesting CNN post that came out uh, with reference to constitutional rights as it pertains to vaccines and that you don't have any. What do you think about that? First and foremost, guys, like just as a precept, your constitutional rights are over there. Yeah, that's all right. But they don't apply to this. Why? What's this perspective that you're seeing as far as what people are saying is for medical as far as like for security or making sure that there's not a disease, that's a public policy. So they're basically eroding civil liberties to say that you don't have civil liberties as it pertains to, you know, communicable diseases or diseases that could spread. And it's a little alarming because, you know, it's not like we didn't have three other executive orders and the, the amendments of two executive orders that specifically list this SARS thing that's attached to COVID now to be able to quarantine you, to be able to take away your rights, to be able to put you into not just a medical quarantine, but basically pull you out of society and put you in an entirely new area. Uh, and we've seen some legislation that, that reads that way in New York and other places. We've seen people basically dealing with the fact that you can't go to some of the pleasantries of restaurants or gyms or any of these events without... I believe even the Raiders in Las Vegas have now mandated if you're going to enter their stadium, you have to have a vaccine or they'll give you one there on site. So they're literally using the Coliseum mentality. Wait, that, of I, I don't know. Up. OK. And I and I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense because I feel like the rest of the strip doesn't care about any of that, which makes okay. it very weird. Well, one of the things that. I found very interesting is like there was a narrative going around. I don't know if you have children, those of you who don't, or, you know, the perspective of the future generations is always on our minds as parents. And what, even if you don't have kids, we're still worried about the generation coming after us. So what they've done is basically orchestrate pilot programs in Southern California and Los Angeles and in Orange County to basically orchestrate these examples of paradigms for education, of mandates, of requirements, right, to where that they're putting into place these digital passports, these QR codes, these databases of reference and making sure before you can pro properly register that you're either a vaccine participant or that you have a negative test for COVID. And one of the things that I'm finding interesting is that the people who have to test for uh, COVID have to pay for that in most cases. So they don't do free testings everywhere, right? Somewhere they're paying for again. And you're having to do this weekly, right? So can you imagine like a child who's constantly being, ha you know, having a, a swab going up his nose to, or her nose to the back and, and dealing with this every day on top of the fact well, of having... This also addressed those swabs too, uh, Rev. Um, ethylene oxide is what they use to uh, treat those swabs to sterilize them. And that sterilizing agent is actually known to cause cancer. 
So literally sticking that thing up your nose can, can give you cancer, just the test for COVID. Now, I also want to address another thing, because you did say, say something about Las Vegas and the Raiders there. Um, right. I lived in Las Vegas for a short little while. I was there for six months, and it was six months too long. Not only is I, I keep saying it and it and it stands true. Anyone who stays in Las Vegas more than three days has something something crazy about them. <laughs> so, um, but uh, right. six months was too too long for me, and it kind of was driving me crazy too. So the point I want to say about about Las Vegas, and interestingly enough, that the education system in Clark County is one of the lowest education systems in the entire country. So when it comes to education and it comes to our constitutional rights, it comes to, you know, uh, knowledge of medical practices, knowledges of history and how they've used these (laughs) vaccines and how they've used all this stuff historically. I mean, you you, T-Cash, you hit it right. The, The with the stadium mentality, but the rest of the strip not caring. You know, it's it's literally the people that are going to go to those games are not the highest educated people. So mandating those people to go to those games, and no offense to Raiders fans. I mean, even when they no, were in California. No, it's not even Raiders fans. I mean, <laughs> no. I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of a certain uh, of a certain team, and I'm, I don't really give a crap about football in a sense because I, I know it's a business. I know it's a business. It's all played out. It's like watching your daily uh, – your weekly episode hey, of uh, what was it. that? Days of their lives type shit. You oh, know what I mean? So, so I, I understand the concept, but my whole, yeah. my whole point is, was even the team that I follow mandated vaccinations and or testing, you know, prior to whatever. But my whole point is, is like, again, that's dumb. Well, and not not because to my, football fans either, because there's a lot of really yeah, football fans. Mo- most I mean, most of the teams, most of the I, teams, I most love of the team football. stadiums. I do. Most of the yeah, go ahead. most of the stadiums though are in <laughs> major areas of either downtown cities or areas of attraction where there's a okay. lot of bars, a lot of so on okay. and so forth. So you're, when you're, you're yeah yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like what are you what are you trying to pick and choose here? You know what I mean, like. Well, well it's, it is a congested me, city, but I hear you. Go ahead. I'm well, listening. For me, often. for me, sports aren't really that interesting. I don't really care to watch them that much. I'm, I'm more, no, more focused on it's... other things that, that that give me more pleasure and comfort. Uh, you know, I like to pay attention to nature. I like to pay attention I, to cannabis. I like to pay attention to music and film. I respect that. You know, I do. But I'm also an SEC fan, and I was raised with the culture of football. So, uh, like, we're going to touch on this. Football's a good thing. And you know what, you know what I love about football, and I, and I love this about all sports, <laughs> is that it creates community, and it really does. That's but true. We're, but we're in a situation right now here where we're having a mandate from a non – I'm sorry, it just got approved the other day after most of the Americans already went and got the shot. I mean, you know, oh. of course they're going to have hey, to can approve I, it. Can I, can I, can I, can, are we, are we talking about the, uh, the FDA approval? Yeah, uh, we FDA can. approval for Pfizer. Yeah. Which can I, can I touch base? Mandate, can right? I, can I touch base on this real quick though? I, I just want to say something real quick that I just had a thought process on. I was thinking, I was like, okay, well, okay, so yes, it might have gotten approved, but from what I'm understanding is the Pfizer is the only one that is approved. So you're taking a chance technically going to a, uh, a clinic or whatever to get a, a one in three of getting a Moderna, Pfizer, or whatever the other one is 
Um, Johnson and Johnson, whatever, right? Johnson and Johnson, right? So whatever they have on deck, I guess you might say, dude. Um, but but also, what has also just gotten approved is just being manufactured or distributed now. So everything that they're pushing and while they're saying, "Yo, it's finally approved. Go get your shot. Go get your shot. Go get your jab." You know what I'm saying? Like Whoa. all that, all all that is coming into the aspect of like. Everything that is still on shelves or in house is still not the approved uh, aspect of what has just gotten approved, which was only one of them. And at the end of the day, is what I'm trying to say. Are they going to stop, break shelf, take all that inventory, throw it away, wait for the new one to come in that actually has been approved? I well, highly doubt it. Well, well, I highly doubt is- it. Are they going to stop the other ones now that the one is actually FDA approved? I highly doubt it because it sounds like more of a gaslight saying they're not putting any name really under what's been approved. They're kind of just saying FDA approved vaccination. Yes. Well, you're you're right. You you nailed that. Nailed the hammer on with the head right there. Like totally. (laughs) Uh, I I just they've been hammering it into all of our heads that the vaccination is the only way to stop this virus. And it's not. You know, we've no. already been looking in and, you know, you can say what you will that, I mean, the, the ivermectin thing, which is, you know, a, a fungus that happens to have antiviral properties. You know, it's a very well, great federally uh, recognized drug with zero. The horse dewormer you know, thing. Yeah, right? yeah, the horse dewormer. Yeah. But yeah, you know, obviously they're trying to shame people by saying they're going and getting a, a veterinarian based ivermectin, which is easy for them to get. So they're like, stop, stop taking, you know, veterinarian and, make, and it makes you look dumb. They're trying to well, make people hold look on, dumb. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What was, what was the first, stuff. what was the first one though? What was it? The, the, well, I am, I'm going to totally mispronounce this dude, but it was that like, Hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And they shamed it. They shamed it. It's an anti-malarial drug. It's an anti-malarial drug that's used like very commonly in Africa in places where malaria is actually very common. I'm just trying to say that there was a little bit of shaming going on for it. And then the same thing going on with what's going on with that uh, particular drug you just said. I'm not good with these. But the other thing is like, what are we talking about? Vitamin C. It's got that pharmaceutical tongue, dude. (laughs) You know, we're talking about. Yeah, it's cannabis, interesting because you, know, you guys are you're you're talking about the right things, but let's just do a little bit of historical context here too, because this is important because we're talking about Pfizer. And anybody who's out there, please do your own due diligence when I say this. If you Google who has done the largest payout for a lawsuit ever, okay, it's gonna be Pfizer for two point three billion dollars for insurance fraud, for for medical fraud okay so this is the same company that in 2009 did this okay but now they're trustworthy i just need to give a correlation well, here don't, don't remember don't forget the truth and advertising the most, for the opiates the in most of trust. oh god whatever that was so they were yeah. hey, the in most of trust well. going in there they, yeah, hey. They were, well yeah. hey guys, one of the things, you guys you guys you guys need to turn a blind eye to that guys come on they're the most trustworthy <laughs> right, so, ever dude <laughs> you're, you're totally right so let's turn a blind eye to that for a second tk and why don't we talk about the mandation and what how that goes against our constitutional rights exactly okay. exactly yeah um I, there's two more factors that i want to address before we get to the constitutional war powers and the constitutional freedom stuff because this is important conversation and most people are unaware that we're in a state of emergency, surprisingly. Surprisingly, we as a country and as a nation don't understand that the executive branch maintains maritime control, admiralty law, in a time of emergency, 
the captain of the ship, which in our case is the executive branch, has control over the military, has control over these things. And there's these rules that they mandate and they sign with a pen that says executive order. These executive orders go into effect when there is a state of emergency. They're activated by these actions. These declarations of war technically are telling them that right now we're under an emergency attack. So we need to do these things. So. In, in correlation can I, here, can I, go ahead. can I put out real quick, though, for instance or for understanding? I believe California has been in a state of emergency technically for like what? How long has it been now? Like a year? Um, well, the state of emergency started in March. So that would have been over a year now, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's kind of I'm just kind of trying to put some timeline into the but uh, more more interesting is aspect. it's easier for me to count how many years we haven't been at war in the United Nation in the in the bigger picture of the United Nations the United States than it is to tell me like what years we have been. It's basically around 20 years total, 18 to 20 years. I'm gonna just round it up out of the entire existence of the United States that we haven't been in war. That's pretty alarming. As to a nation that's always perpetually in war, there must be an indication of, and a reason for this. And the indication is, while this is going on, foreign powers have the ability to dictate legislation, and the, the judicial branch really doesn't have a say at this time. The the legislative branch is proposing these amendments and everything else. They're just going by what the captain of the ship is telling them that they're going to not veto or not. They're going to let go through with the infrastructure bills and all these other things. So it's kind of like a a check writing thing right now is, hey, team, we need to put a lot of money into stuff. Let's get money together. Let's put it. But what I want to address first is there's been three executive orders that have listed SARS as a disease that was quarantinable or communicable that needed to be controllable. And this is going back from 2004 with the CDC. This is going into 2014, 2016. They were also dealing with 2013. So there's technically four variations of this executive order that's been amended all the way through the Obama administration. And so this isn't like Trump coming in and saying, OK, yeah, I, I'll deal with this 2016, 2007. This is dealing with the fact that there's a pre-existing overarching theme, which yes. is that the legislation yes. that we're going is not what's working. It's the executive orders that are working. So they're using the executive branch to put this legislation together to make this mandatory, to make this so, to where that in a time of well, emergency, go ahead. Let me let me compound on that for a minute. Please um, do. Please do. So, you know, and you're talking about the, the history of it and the executive order of mandates. This is basically giving themselves prior notice. They've been putting the entire nation on notice that this was has been coming and they've been yes. slowly using this you know virus to slowly erode your rights through executive orders then also through the legislative side so they've been doing the executive orders to put us under this martial law then they're mm -hmm. using their powers in in wartime to then take us into uh, the legislature and then further erode our, our rights via our elected Correct. officials and the, they've been using the media to one, get you to go along with it, and then two, get on th to that side where it further compounds the erosion of your constitutional right. Now, well, if you, I love where now, you're going. I want to hear the rest <laughs> of this. Go ahead. Yeah. So, if you take a look at uh, uh, these other states that are doing uh, these these executive orders and mandates as well, now, you and I were just discussing. It was probably about a week ago, um, offline, uh, how Tennessee was doing an executive order. To, which, which mm -hmm. was issuing a, a sec, you know a state of emergency, and they one activated the national guard, 
two made it made it that over a teleconference that if they deemed that you were not fit that they could come and quarantine you and and put you into a quote-unquote fema camp and it's so not I want to touch I want an actual FEMA camp. Let me cut in there real quick. I want to cut in here real quick because I'm the uh, I'm the uh, <laughs> Go ahead. I'm the, I'm like the um, not so um, into everything. I'm like I, if you would consider maybe like you got me you know, I'm I, I'm the I'm the straight up like I'm the 9 to 5 conspiracy theorist type of dude ish. You know what I mean? I believe in okay. everything that we're talking about. I believe in everything that's going on from our Just standpoint. Skepticism, right? Uh, yeah. But yes, hella skepticism. Um, so a little bit of what he was talking about, he just touched base right there at the FEMA camp. You know, like, oh, shit, that's oh, – excuse my language. Uh, a little bit of something that I was – back in the day, um, t- was it 2000? You're going to bring up – What was it? Yeah. What was it called? Jade Helm? Jade Helm when they started doing <laughs> the whole uh, military practice oh, exercising, uh, counting the whole countries uh, or the, the country into – different sections of how whatever oh the come on ridiculous dude you know um, yeah you know but they were anyway. using texas and other states in oklahoma oh, yes like California, it was the mid texas you know oh they were, yeah, they were doing bro. all those exercises yes. like they're gonna take over the mid-east because there's just there you know, was, that much there land was there video video of blackhawks flying into <laughs> la like nothing dude people were like what is going on right now <laughs> uh, yeah um so I want to address this, too, because yeah. you're bringing up great points. And I know everybody loves our media because they tell us the truth, because there's this journalistic ethic of code, you know, that it's not entertainment by their own definition, which they say it is. It's journalism. Journalism is used as this cover story thing that they can say whatever they want to say. But during the Obama administration as well, anybody and everybody who hears this podcast, you're hearing a recurring theme of looking up the smith Munt Act. Months is spelled M-U-N-D-T. That was repealed in 2013. That was the ability for these foreign countries to basically get propaganda from the United States for co-intelligence or controlling mechanisms. In 2013, during the Obama administration, they repealed that, which made it to where that the same corresponding messages that we send throughout the world to control the, the narrative we're now allowed to do stateside as well. Now, you could say that that was from the mass immigration stuff. You could say it was from having all of these things, the Al-Qaeda, the database, whatever you want to call it as a, as a correlation for stateside terrorism, domestic terrorism is their outreach for this facility because we started getting also programs for the United Nations to have stronger cities network, which is a fancy way of saying Interpol connections to keep track of databases and all of that, of all of these NSA devices and our correspondence on social media and all these things are cataloged. And yes, they could be used against you. As I have found, even in my own experiences now, Facebook is requiring me to send an ID to verify that I'm reporting on matters of national importance. I have to show them five articles to prove that I'm media. I have to link in my website to them. Also, they need me to send in them a notarized copy where I've physically signed that it's me in front of a notary because my address wasn't sufficient to send them. My passport ID wasn't sufficient to send them. They now need me to have a notarized signature that's attached to my account just for me to be able to communicate on Facebook. So that ought to tell you that there is a little bit of a quelling and a silencing of these kind of things. But if you're going to tell the truth, the Smith month. We talked about that 
We talked about that on our uh, your censorship. You know what I mean? Uh, oh well, yeah. If you guys haven't they, heard they, the one on censorship, thank you keep, so much. They keep in the truth, yeah. Send, yeah. send it on back to the other article that we, we were corresponding about censorship in general. And I appreciate everybody who listens and wants to check the, the inventory in the library. Uh, 10-8 podcast also. Austin is doing great correspondence. Talking about the uh, constitutional rights issue, though, the reason why I'm bringing this up is there's all these things that take away your ability to communicate, your ability to make sure that you have enough food, any resources are are able to be acquisitioned in a time of emergency. And these are by executive order. So, you know, we are thinking about posse comitatus, about using the military to police the people. Well, in a, in a state of emergency, like what happened in, in NOLO with the, uh, the, the levees breaking when Katrina hit, right? They had National Guard going door to door checking for people who had firearms, they really cared about the people who were staying that had guns more than they cared about the people being in the wrong areas. And they were going, basically rounding up all these people to remove their firearms from them in a state of emergency. So they used the War Powers Act technically to then use the military posse comitatus against the own, our own people then. So is it outside of the margins of expertise that they're calling in the state of emergency to have the National Guard called out for things like, you know, boycotts or uh, these BLM, these all, all these riotous events that have gone on, why wouldn't they call out the National Guard for a medical emergency to administer, go door-to-door -to, -door to make sure that the vaccine processes are going on properly? Well, I, who's I in charge say, of that? I, I want to give a double-edged sword to that, though, too, dude. I mean, I like to say that I haven't seen as much um, peaceful protesting um, get <laughs> National right? Guard attention compared to other things that have gotten National Guard attention much more that probably didn't need as much attention to. Um, but definitely on, uh, on top of what you were saying, though, with the uh, kind of mandates and stuff, I wanted to just bring one topic up off of this with the aspect of controlling certain things under executive order, under emergency state powers, I guess you could say, or emergency okay. powers. Uh, Governor Whitmere. She uh, took away having uh, you, you can't sell seeds. And I covered this in the podcast back in the day where yeah. she you took away from being able to uh, buy seeds. You could no That's longer true. buy seeds. So how, how are you going to tell that me that? That was not 100% I can't... true. You couldn't buy it in stores more it was, than 40,000 square feet. I think it was 50,000. I think it was, 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 was 50,000 50, 50, square feet. But still, yes, I got you. But still. Yeah. Who's You're still dependent? slowly mandating something that could be slowly keep going with the role, if that makes sense. You know, my biggest thing is if you take away the fact of you're you're literally limiting why why is what what's hurting buying seats? Well, I think well, I think we're we're getting on the topic that, of that, restrictions, that and it's good, but go ahead. And that's and I and to I, and I want to answer that for you. I just uh, want to say executive. I want to say executive powers. Sorry, I have executive powers. That's kind of what I was. We're, trying to we're say. talking about our constitutional rights, and you know, our First Amendment is you know of the most importance, which is why it's our first. You know, it's our religious freedom. It's our freedom to uh, to of speech. It's our freedom to rightfully uh, uh, and peacefully assemble. And if you look at some of these things that are going. You know, you, you look at this mandate to stop seeds. Well, what happens when you when people can grow their own food? Well, you know, you you are your First Amendment rights is, is freedom of religion, growing your own food to feed yourself so that you can honor your own temple. Yes. And this is something that the rebel talk about. 
is the, the, the number one thing. The ability for us to have our own independence on Earth is why we, you know, fought the Revolutionary War. That's why we wrote now, the Constitution. Now, now, Austin, <laughs> how crazy is this is that this article and when this happened was last year when all this started happening. So, well, I want to thinking about some of the things going on, you know, it's like, well, I just want to get... say, though, if it was that soon to pull the trigger, she was the first one to pull the trigger way too soon. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a conditioning thing, too, you know, because that's how it starts. True. It starts as a as a public awareness. Hey, we just did this in Michigan. And, you know, there was a lot of backlash and we kept the ban going and we're sitting here waiting to see what happens. You know, uh, that's what's going on. So now they can further choke that down because what we were talking about the other day. Um, if you in Nebraska right now, they're instructing farmers to destroy their crops. You know, they're. Uh, they're using these wartime measures or maritime measures to be able to basically conduct war on our own uh, farmers. And, our and, own if I, and if from my Look. and if from my understanding, it would be they are um, they are getting a bonus for cutting down crops, and if they don't, they don't get their subsidies, which is their normal well, payment. So there's something else in technically, here, brother. You're you're, you're they're incentivizing well, from, from my, the from my understanding right. yeah from my understanding but it was here, it's a little deeper yeah. than that because in some of the legislature or the letters that they're getting <laughs> they're also saying you have the elected option of us flying over your area and spraying agent orange and agent orange yeah. was yeah, what we engineered that's... in mk mk naomi which if you haven't seen canna movie there's two correlations i'm gonna draw roger christie Drop talks about them. mk naomi <laughs> Like no for real, go, go check that out. Yeah. Hey, no pun intended. Drop them bombs real quick, dude. <laughs> That's plenty of you. Um, and so MK Naomi is basically where they're saying they're going to use the ability for our body to process to to create autoimmune dysfunction, and they're going to basically use our own bodies as a weaponizing system by way of the food. Well, the way that they did that was Agent Orange, and anybody who ate or smoked or whatever, any of the products that were grown in those regions while the Agent Orange was being spread, it contaminated and caused cancer and, and it caused genetic and other kinds of autoimmune dysfunction. So the land is also being sprayed with an Agent Orange. Is just a concept that that's even going on today in the United States should be a red flag alarm for everybody to sound like, oh my gosh, they could literally fly over and crop dust with Agent Orange and contaminate any and every field that chose not to grow. And then what are you consuming? The fact the fact that they're offering that as a, um, a second is, is scary. Well, it's either this or that. Either you destroy it or we're going to destroy your ability to farm no, ever but, again. But, but exactly. But that's what I'm trying to say. It's like either one or the other, you know? And now, let's and, talk and about that, some of the want to hear some of the crazy other your tactics. whole soil. So we're talking about the destruction of in the agriculture aspect, which is something that's near and dear to me. Being from Iowa, I'm all about agriculture. We need to change the way right. we look at agriculture. You know, I, I'm not saying the growing of soy and corn is not exactly the best thing for our soil's health, but pour, pouring Agent Orange on it is completely dreadful. So right. on top of that, I've seen videos of them dumping petroleum into these farmers' fields as well. For what reason? Why are we dumping petroleum at, at its highest cost right now? You go to the pump there in L.A., I can't even imagine. I mean, it's like two ninety down here in Alabama where I am right now. But out there in L.A., what's gas right now? Like five bucks a gallon? You know, so In some areas, dump, yeah. Yeah, and they're dumping oil in the fields in Nebraska for no apparent reason other than to, from what it says in their letters, to stabilize the uh, petroleum market. What the hell does that mean? You know, 
I think you're you're touching on great concepts and and what I was you know attempting to illustrate is this is literally a tactic that we use in Vietnam as an example. When we went there, they said it was for you know the Viet Cong was doing this. We found out at the time China had a contract to grow opium and cannabis in North Vietnam was their territory to do that, and we were basically in a monopoly war to control the regulation of opium throughout the world at the time. It wasn't in Afghanistan then; it was in um, Vietnam. And all of this stuff, coca and all these other plants, when you have iron contra, we have these different correlations of plants and monopoly and war that all kind of like coincide. So I'm just addressing the, the fact that the, the powers that be would go into another region and spray all of their competition with this toxic element and then spread that disease all over the world with these highly addictive substances and then their cancers, their COPD, they're, they're affected long-term by taking in Agent Orange by these, you know, different types of substances well, that were supposed to be grown in, a, in an illicit market, that, right? right? And if you go look go at ahead. the comorbidities, now if you go look at the comorbidities of COVID death, what are the comorbidities? They're COPD, they're cancer, they're, uh, you know, diabetic. You know, obesity uh, is one of the highest ob- ones too, but yeah, I hear well, you. Obesity one, you know, all those other diseases are a cause of, you know, from well, obesity, it, which is it, an inflammation disease. It, it is, but it's also something else. Like, and I, I didn't want to talk about this, but like, I want you to also see why I'm, I'm drawing a through line here is that when I read the treatment plan for COVID was intubation, which means they're going to put a tube down your, your throat into your lungs to help you breathe. Okay. That in itself is an itchy, it's an uncomfortable situation. So they said, oh, we're going to give you opioids, right? We're going to give you opioids to help you not have a turn, to not have to hurt yourself. But here's the kicker. Imagine you're an overweight person and they intubate you and then they don't seat you on your on your backside or you're sitting down up or anything like that. They intubate you and lay you face down and and basically raise your feet to where it's elevated to where that the pressure of your entire body is now weighing on your lungs. (laughs) And they've given you opioids so that if you fall asleep, you may forget to breathe and you may die. And then on top of that, you're, they're probably I'm just not giving, giving you, you enough fluids. They're probably not giving you enough fluids. They're, they're dehydrating, dehydrating you and they're doing yeah, all the other they're, stuff. They're so isolating my, you from your family, from your comfort, from so your So you can't – yeah. so there's all of these other compounding things that I see, you know, the dark arts at work. And you have to excuse me if you believe in these practices and you're a medical professional and you have seen these work, then I would love to hear how somebody who's over 150 pounds who is going to benefit from this – because there should be other treatment plans, specifically when we know SARS-CoV-2 is successfully treated with cannabidiol. It's successfully treated with the asthma experimental medicines of NAC, which they've removed basically from your ability to purchase, purchase them on Amazon. Prior to all this COVID stuff, you could get NAC, no problem. But they found out that this was also one of those things that helped people not die from this. So they got to make that a federally restricted thing as well. So now this has been removed from being able to be sold from anywhere but pharmacies. Meanwhile, this successful treatment plan, they're being shared about metabolites and how your body processes fat. And all all of these things are early indications for how your body can heal itself, including using vitamins and minerals, which I believe you touched on vitamin C and D and all of those components. But the reason why I'm addressing this particular thing is, Yes, they are putting a system in place to isolate you. And if you're a little bit overweight, and this is the system that they're doing, it's designed to kill you because you are a bane on the system and they want your livelihood. And I'm not talking about like your life. I'm talking about the estate, 
the leftover residue money that's left to every state that you haven't traveled to because you've been isolated to the state that you were born in, most of us in, in the general uh, sense. Just a reminder, and, folks. There you go. Uh, to, to, on, on that same note, um, make sure that you look get up to date on your living wills and trusts. Make sure that you have your estates in, in, in order, that all your affairs are in order. Uh, Amen to that. Very important because this is how they separate generational wealth. Um, yes. They, they, uh, they take the older generation and they, uh, they drug them so bad and so hard and they get them so dependent on the system. Uh, they start to mistrust their own family, uh, especially their own family that's coming to them saying, hey, like, I'm not getting the vaccine because I think it's going to hurt me. Um, of course, you got it. But now now they're telling me to separate you from 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 me. So yeah, they're gonna, they're well, gonna you're, you hit on some generation. awesome points. And let, let's talk about this just for a brief second here. Um, one of the things that I addressed in, you know, in vibrancy of understanding of what religious freedom actually comes down to is land rights. So we've been under religious persecution since this country started. We've had this mentality of coming from abroad to come here. And guess what? Now we're in a situation where we have lots of landowners. We have lots of people who've homesteaded and been able to fruitfully multiply across the globe as the creator intended. And now we're dealing with the situation where it looks like a giant real estate venture where the more that they can restrict commerce, the more that they can restrict the idolatry transit that they're doing and basically subdivide families from their own generational wealth or their own inheritance you have these issues. You're absolutely right, Austin. One of the things that I address is, and I published this document for free. It, in, if you go to Salvation Anointed, there's a living will in Memorial Garden where I'm specifying instead of them dehydrating you, instead of them removing food from your diet, as far as like they basically starve you to death and then dehydrate you in the end stages. So if you don't want those things to happen, you need to have a living will where you've specified your medical caregiver directive. You need to also spe specify somebody that you trust who will follow you, which you call a trustee, to do what you want them to do. And here's the scary thing. Sometimes you have to remove yourself from your direct, like, you know, the person you're married to or the person you want to decide somebody who's outside who you know is going to do what you ask them to do. Depending on the situation, it's called a trustee. You can have multiple trustees. You can even make two or three people your trustees. If you're worried about one person's decision or the other, you know that the collective consciousness together is going to be to make the right decision. So make that happen. You have these rights. Now, you have uh, forgotten this, but go ahead. No, Rev, let, let me. That's uh, thank you for touching on your living will about uh, and trust on this too, because you know if you do end up in the hospital bed, uh, you know the doctors are could, could even separate you from your parents, saying that they know best. They could put them on a ventilator. Yeah. They could keep them alive forever. They could put them on all these expensive drugs. I know that my grandfather was on one that was like $2,000 a month in his last couple of years of life. I mean, this guy's literally wow. bound to, in a chair. You know, it's like, what is this drug really doing besides draining as well? Thankfully, he had a long-term care insurance policy that was covering all that, that we've been paying for, for the last you know decade before they went into the nursing home. So it was covered. Yeah. And that's the type of family planning that you're going to need if you're going to go into these, because what happens is they'll put you into they'll put your parents into a home like that. They'll put them on a, a they figure out they can't pay for it. They'll reverse mortgage their home. They'll take the home from them and then they'll just turn around and sell the home. So they're going to get paid no matter what. So if you care about your family and you want to make sure that, uh, you know, all your assets are going into the right place as well as, you know, that you're going to get treated right while you're in the hospital. Make sure you get these things in order. Yeah. They're very well, important. Thank you. The trust thing is basically like your safety net, not just for what you want to have done, but also 
if you transition a house from you to another person, it's a taxable event. It's reassessed and reappraised, and the tax rates go up to the modern year. Whereas if you have it in an existing trust and you've even you transitioned it to a trust, the year that you transition it is the prorated value of your taxation on that property. So there's a difference too also in a taxable event. If something was to happen, you know the house is there instead of them having to inherit something and then have to sell it off to cover the taxes for receiving it. We also want to make sure that the trust is that beneficial part of this. And I know we're getting into some other things. But this is yeah, important. Just want details. To tie this, no, it's tie important. This back to just tie this back to how this actually goes to our constitutional rights, which is, I think, the reason we went down this whole path. Yes. Um, this it's is your, your freedom of speech. This is this is your living will and testament. This is how your words and your freedom of speech live on. And if they separate you from your liberty and your words and your your living will and trust and take it away from your next generation, um, you know what are you even here for? So make sure you get these things in order. Now, now, second to that, families are stronger when they're together. So this is how you stay together. Instead of being dependent on the medical system that's going to put you in, in the med, med system, going to get you hooked on these vaccines, they're going to continue to give them to you. You know, if you don't fix your diet, you don't fix your exercise regimes, you don't get yeah. going and get moving. Like these are the things that are going to kill you. Now, do you want to be part of that medical system where you're living your last couple of days sick and dying in a, in a hospital, maybe for months, maybe for years? Or do you want to be at home with, with your family? So I'd rather be at home with my family around the people that I love so they can give me the, the care and trust that, that I deserve. Well, you know, you, I don't want to you, be subject to the system. Brethren, you are so right on. And here's the other part I want to make sure this is clear. One of the things that I wanted to make sure you guys all have consciousness of the trust is important, but in the living will and your medical directive, you can specify your treatment plan. And if the hospital won't provide your treatment plan, you can say you want to go home. You can literally write that in advance into your caregiver directive to say that you want your family member or this person who represents, in my case, salvation anointed the church to come in and remove you from that hospital to take you to one that will treat you the way that you asked us to treat you. That's our job. That's the, the clergy supposed to be protecting the people. OK, I get that they haven't. I get that that's something that's foreign to a lot of people and they're maybe not feeling comfortable about those kind of things. But. We take care of the widows and the orphans and the elderly. This is part of our responsibilities as a culture and a society within clergy. So what I'm addressing to you is also you can specify your treatment plan. You can say, I request to be given this. I request to be given that. Not saying anything other than if they say you can't and they know best, you have no rights. Here's the other part. Did you know that they can also say that you're mentally unstable, which is a 5150 hold? You're 72 hours in. Now they put you onto a psychosomatic drug. Now they put you into a situation to where you can't make clear decisions. And guess what? While you're there, they've decided that they have your capacity. In other words, your ability to make decisions is impaired. They're going to make those decisions for you. Now they're making these decisions in the, in the treatment plan that if you didn't have in writing, there'd be no way for anybody outside in your family to fight on your behalf to get you out of there. Think about this. You're literally being put into a medical, oh, you came in for a cough. Well, we're going to go ahead and give you this and give you this. And now you're intubated, laying on your chest, and all of a sudden you can't breathe. And you're like, whoa, whoa, wait. I, you can't talk. How are you going to get anybody to say anything to you? They're isolating you. Think about it from the perspective of what's going on now. Oh, well, I want the vaccine. They're sowing these commercials of people crying out for this stuff. But what you really want is your constitutional freedom. 
What you really want is the ability to have people to go around and do rounds from the clergy and from the people who actually care, their family, to go see these people. Because what is protecting the medical professionals that is different from what you could wear? It's all the same PPE stuff, right? There, it's masks. It's the same gear. The gloves. Like, are you going to tell me that it's any different for the, the citizen to walk in from the street and not have access to this? So the constitutional right thing is a land rights thing. When you enter into the hospital situation, they're the captains of the ship. They're the warehouse signatories that are receiving cargo. That cargo could be alive or dead. There's birth and there's death. So what you have to remind yourself of is this is an incentivized program where they're getting paid money to write on there that you died of COVID. Even if you had complications of surgery, you had a symptom of COVID, they're going to put it down for COVID because now it can be written off for another 30 plus thousand dollar write off to the insurance company. And I've also seen that they're going to be mandating people to have coronavirus in certain jobs. Like I heard Delta is going to charge people $200,000 a month on top of everything else for the expenditures of them possibly getting COVID. I've also seen where they're trying to mandate the insurance policies to make it to where that you have to have the vaccine in order to have the uh, $40,000 it costs for COVID uh, treatment. But if we have successful treatment plans that are $100 instead of thousands of dollars, why wouldn't we be using those? I mean, to take care of somebody with CBD or NANC or any of these other treatment plans, and now they're revitalized. I'm hearing people that were you know, on the point of being ventilated. They were able to breathe on their own within 20, 30 minutes of taking the NACs. So is this a possibility that there is some medical you know, underwriting going on? Of course. But at the same time, I needed to address a possibility why. Is some possibility of some fuckery going on excuse my language but... <laughs> not to compound on on the fuckery, but uh, i was just having a hard time saying it i've been trying to keep these a little bit more pg you know what i'm saying but uh, i know i know I but it, that you, was, you can't you can't let that one slide that one yeah, was no, like you had to say it. compound on it though this compound yeah. on it. that fuckery is the record profits that these uh, these uh, the pharmaceutical companies are making profits <laughs> the record profits so what we're, what we're talking about is the treatment for covid is worth a lot of money okay what nobody's addressing and why i want you guys to take a little bit into this liberty mentality for a second and see that your assessment of you as a person is also a direct correlation of you as a person who was born right there's you the physical person and then there's you the corporation that was created on behalf of the federal reserve system to print money on your behalf for your livelihood for your entire life and we are a vessel you are a vessel but here's here's the fun part about this okay if these things are true which we know that they are that means that there is a solution okay if there's a solution there's a little bit of a sovereignty in there i'm going to just put it from a point of view right that you're able to secure an international irrevocable sovereign trust which some of that stuff sounds like gobbledygook to people because it's too many words yeah. but and, what and i want you also to see you know it's also let's not put out there too that we can't drive without a driver's license because of sovereignty okay oh well <laughs> let's, let's, let's just address like there's there's a Sorry. principle. Uh, that was of, no, you're right. Topic. I just had to. Hey, hey, like, hey. We'll talk me. about road me. piracy another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, so, oh, the sovereign the sovereign word can go a little long way around a lot of people. <laughs> there is there's a lot there's a lot of precepts to what we're saying, but basically, if you do your own due diligence as a citizen, you'll find out that at some point in time, 1913 or so, 1912, Federal Reserve, 
And then shortly after, with all of the gold and everything, it was pulled out of circulation. And it was literally, there was a gold act that made it illegal for you to hoard gold. So all of this was currency all the way into the 1930s. Okay, Alcohol was actually a tradable commodity for years. So think about that one for just a second. Think about how that was removed to make everything go back into the pharmacy market, which is all of these pharmaceutical people. So we have a very clear understanding now of money being involved per each person. And for each person, let's say you travel to another state and you set up and you're, you know, not doing the best and you set up with their state welfare program, right? Well, each state is acting on behalf of your trust from the Federal Reserve and they're giving you the money that was printed on your livelihood in increments because you're, you're basically too incompetent to receive all your money at one time. So the state is acting as your beneficiary, your trustee on your behalf to give you the trickle down amounts that are already yours from the beginning. That was printed on your behalf and leveraged by your name, by your creation from your birth certificate number. So when these people as a whole pass away early, is there an incentivized leftover amount in their estate from all of these other franchise Federal Reserve banks that could have printed money to each one of these other states? So that no, when it goes, it goes back right into recycle. Okay, so, so Soylent Green is, is people, right? You know, we're, we're going to be technical for a funny movie right here. But basically, what we're talking about is the precept that you're worth a collateralized endeavor to society, that you are a bankable asset, that they printed money on your behalf of, that is in circulation to this day. And yet, when you pass away and you have an early expiration, that money stays into the, to the marketplace. And so now, who's able question. to collect on that? I That's have the a question. question I wanted to leave with. Go ahead. Oh, that is a great question, but I had a weird question to correlate with your question. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. Um, okay, so knowing that that is true, did it differ coming through time age of, say, someone's birth certificate going from one set cost? Did, did our cost of livelihood grow throughout the years? Like, are um, we worth more now or are we worth less when we sign that birth certificate? So here, here's what I'm going to say. Okay. Anybody who wants to question what I'm saying to you, please do your own studies on the Constitution because I'm going to explain this to you. There is a gold standard that is written into the Constitution that we are only able to pay taxes and levies to other countries by way of gold and precious metals, silver, those kind of things, right? So when you see that we're... In, uh, in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, all of that, you have a mandate to where you ha have a trial by jury if it's over $20. There's an option for a trial by jury if it's over $20, right? $20 at the time when that was written was one ounce of gold. So one ounce of gold when the Constitution or the structure was written for you to have a judge of your peers to make a decision about it was that, hey, if it's over an ounce of gold, then we need to all figure out what's going on because that's a lot of money. What is an ounce of gold today? Just in correlation, and I'm going to give this inflationary note. If it's $20, right, at the time it's written, and today it's almost $2,000, there's a lot of inflation here. Does that mean that the worth has changed, though? That's the question I really need to, uh, to address is because if $20 is one ounce of gold and $20… Uh, one ounce of gold, it looks like, is… More, yeah, yeah, you're right. Two thousand, two thousand, right under two thousand dollars. Okay, so realistically, thank you for for double checking, fact checking. I know it can fluctuate, and I'm I'm conscious of that too. Uh, even if it's sixteen hundred dollars, you know, 
if it wasn't for the Clintons who put the gold reserves into the market, we wouldn't have this hyperinflation in gold to begin with. We would still have precious metals and commodities. But the reason why I'm addressing this in the 1970s, they I made just it to said where anybody you, wants to know, though, anybody wants uh -huh. to know, though. Yeah, go uh, look it up. <laughs> uh, uh, per, hold on, hold on. Per kilo, kilo is half a <laughs> mil, guys. Half a mil. Just want to put that out there. A kilo of gold <laughs> is half a mil. So, it's, it's a little more than half a mil, but yeah. <laughs> I can carry that. That's actually pretty easy to carry. Yeah. <laughs> we got some three kings going on right now. I'll bro, carry the gold. I, dude, I'll carry the Austin's incense. A, Austin's a lumberjack, bro. I know he can carry that on his back, dude. <laughs> uh, well, guys. I, wear a backpack. I, I, I could probably carry about 20, 30 kilos at a time. Uh, if it was made of gold, I'd find a way to drag it. <laughs> Yeah, I I hear you. And here's what, okay. We'll get a donkey. Well, I think that's a <laughs> hey, 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 with, with that amount well, of gold, I feel Democrats, like we probably, you know? feel like we probably yeah. want to bug in. We, we'll you know jackass I mean? it in. I got you. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I know that there's a couple more things we need to address as far as like the, the fiscal market and all like that is important because this is an incentivized, you know, war placed upon us. The media is terrorizing us at this time. Uh, they're making it to where it's as if there's only one option when that's not the truth. Most of these states and most think, of these mandates. I think and if I, if I, sorry things. to go sorry ahead. to interrupt. I want no, to say ahead. something that the Rev had already said, and I want to reiterate something that the Rev had already said is that <laughs> uh -oh, the media is entertainment. And so anything that is being portrayed as entertainment does not have to be true. Yes, you are absolutely right, and thank so, you for that reiteration. This, this, just call it for what it is. Then the state of emergency isn't real. Wake up, everybody! Let's get moving. Go, go, <laughs> put your hands in the earth. Dig up. Hide the your kids. You know, hide your kids. Hide your wife. Declare your independence, <laughs> man. De declare your independence. That's what I'm saying. So right. So I, I know that you guys already see the bigger picture here. Let's hope that our audience has taken a couple of these rabbit trails and crumbs that we've left, and they've put together a decent meal for themselves. The biggest, the biggest thing is, is that it's all there. It's all there to well, go research. We're we're um, not we're not over here that you know talking for nothing that we haven't gone and done our own research. We haven't gone and done our own rabbit holes ourselves you know what i mean like it's we're talking important. from experience yeah and and i think that's why you know we all have yes we all have a little bit of the same mindset in the same uh situation of what's going on you know from outsiders that are kind of maybe listening in looking in but we have done our research we have gone out and look you know we are different mindsets but we are all talking in the same correlation because we do have the same mindset now from doing research and doing our own things on our own to get you know, to this point. One of the things that I would address, and I, I appreciate the fact that you brought up researching, because, look, if I just took one source, just in media in, in general, like if we just take one source, you haven't validated that source. OK, you could I mean, I could understand, like if you're going to even convict somebody of a crime. There has to be circumstantial evidence. There has to be all of these other compounding. There has to be motive. There's all of these things that go into a decision, right? But if there's a witness, like that witness supersedes all the circumstantial stuff because basically it's an eyewitness that saw your action. So here's the issue. Like when we're giving witness to something, 
we're saying, hey, do your research, but also recognize more than one source. Everything that we're saying, do your own due diligence on and research for yourself. The Smith-Month Act, the executive orders listing SARS. See, since this is using SARS as the beginning of SARS-COVID, we have pre-existing things that are going on now. You have the federal, what is it, the state federation or the federal uh, federation of state medical boards that's now mandating that they're not allowed to give you informed consent because the doctors the can galactic. lose their license. Right. The Galactic so, Galaxy Federation. <laughs> well, you we would think it'd be like the Starship Galactic <laughs> or something like. I mean, like this is getting. We got Space Force. Goodness. Okay. You know, here's here's, logo, here's the one thing. I okay. No, I'm gonna take it off subject. Keep continue, sir. Continue. Um. Well, we've got about like nine minutes left, or uh, eight minutes or so. So what I would just say is, uh, in reiteration, Smith Month Act, your constitutional freedom. Um, that there's 20 ounces of gold written into the Constitution by way of that's a gold standard for us to do transactions and paying debts. The fact that this is a monetary system that's basically making the largest profits ever by making people uh, not only pharmaceutical subjects, but also making them die involuntarily. Obviously, early demise means more funds into circulation for the existing state markets. The state markets are all making money off of the insurance claims by way of the doctors. The doctors are all then self-validating and saying, we can't tell you that this is going to kill you if we give it to you. Here's all, all these other treatments that unless you've no, listed as no, your trust, your will, you don't have access to, your family can't follow through with your guidelines or your wishes. So make sure you have your documents in alignment. Make sure you understand the Constitution and your words have a lasting impact. Go ahead, TCAST. Let's hear what you're yeah, I, I, I had a question. So I've been hearing a lot lately about the whole aspect of, you know, you know the uh, the COVID. We have no beds. We have, we're out of beds, uh, you know, boop, 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 whatever, so on and so forth. Um, but what I've been hearing is like almost is like, you know, they, they have a certain section in the hospital dedicated, you know, and that particular section might only have, you know, the, four, the five, issue six, that seven I have, beds. And then I have so when when you when you when you got five beds and you put four people in a bed and you say yeah we're at ninety percent capacity, um, well yeah, well yeah you are. Here, here here is an interesting fact because you're talking about something that we have no way of being able to validate. Well, it's also exactly, but this is also the the game. The name of the game is the number. The numbers, bro. It's well, all about it, these numbers. It, that it's, being... it's interesting that you bring that up because, like, uh, going back to visiting family. I, I, I had, a, I had an interesting concept. Couldn't... I had an mm -hmm. interesting concept. Someone dropped a bomb earlier and said, the people that run these hospitals, do you think that they're really looking at people as, uh, you know, that people actually running these hospitals, not, you know, the nurses, the doctors, so on and so forth. Uh -huh. People actually running these hospitals. Do you think that they actually have the ideology of like, oh, we're caring or uh, names turn into money signs at the end of the day? Oh, it's not, it's not just the money signs. They actually would rather dehumanize you. They would exactly. Prefer to and, use when your you followed, and when you get followed and when you get told – hold on, exactly. But when, I 100% agree with you, Austin. When you get told to do a certain thing, like we were talking about the ventilators, right? And instead of knowing that this might not be the best route or course of action, or maybe doctors or people are telling you that this might not be the best course of action, you're like, no, 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 no. this is what we're told. This is what we're doing. Boop, 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 boop. But in turn, again, what I just said is they don't see people, they see money sign, right? This is, this is again, correlating to the whole conversation of what you're saying, but I'm making a little bit more real uh, um, instead of 
Yes, you're you're, bush, you're touching dude. it, but uh, you're dancing around the issue, which is ultimately yes, this is about money, brother. We do a, we do accept everybody who has any sense to their mind whatsoever can see how much money is being generated from COVID. The fact exactly. that we have spending exactly. bills in, exactly. in the in the logic of billions and trillions now tells you that this is a funding venture the fact that our inflation rates have skyrocketed since covid has come around should tell you that this is a medically incentivized monetary gain we all get that we all also understand from a perspective of we're worth something as people the problem is yes go ahead the problem i was gonna say yeah get it get it get it because like you as a person this is the wrap up right here (laughs) the problem is that the person that you are hasn't recognized your divinity or your authority in the known universe. You haven't accepted your responsibility, which is to establish before the nations exactly what your viewpoints are, what your core, that's a living will, that's a trust, this is an estate. What you're doing is you're creating a framework for a long-lasting impact instead of a temporal existence. So there's a mentality of people that are all an autopilot responding to a correlating message that's going around cyclically, causing you to stay in an emotional triggered fear or confusion and what ends up happening after the fact is you wake up as soon as you have a little bit of cannabis and as soon as you realize that you have an endocannabinoid system and this was designed for you you start questioning some things which is why mk ultra and these other programs of mind control and the water and the treatment and everything once you start recognizing how many things are constantly trying to attack you to diminish your ability to have a consciousness and a being that can make reasonable decisions. Now you go, okay, what is govern? Govern means control. What is menta or mind, right? The, the mint govern control. The word means what it means. So if that's the case, then the collective consciousness is always going to supersede and win when it's for the greater good. The thing is, we've got a lot of complacent people that are so comfortable that they cannot see that the comfort is actually the prison that they're living in. It's literally like, you uh, know, the, and I'll yeah, use a and demonic putting, a, putting, putting chains around them. you that are so loose that you could see, you could but, pull your hands they're out only, of they're at only any making time. It, they're only making it more comfortable. Well, to, to kind of sum that up too, guys, I mean, I was born in 1984, or at least that's the year that they tell me. They erased Jeez, all. You're such a young buck. You're they, such they, a young buck. They erased. They erased all the uh, uh, times of original history, calendars. The, all yeah. the original calendars. So they're telling me yeah. it's 1984. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'll tell you what is true. If you read the book George Orwell's 1984, it's becoming true. So get out from behind your screens, people, and go out and you know talk to your family members about this. Don't talk hey, to your screens. Meet, meet some you know, people. Meet yeah, some, go, meet some people. Find like some everybody's friends, so scared, you know. I get it. it. I get it. Times, times, yeah. times are uh, weird, food. you know. Start, well, here, food. start creating it, community. Start doing these things because these are what's going to have a long-lasting impact. I'm, and I'm going to put it out there. So I, 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 go ahead. I got off of work the other day. I just want to put this little life, little life story out there. You know, I, I got off of work <laughs> the right. other day, went outside, met some guy, cool guy, bam, met him, didn't know him. Sat there, shook his hand. He's a cool cat. Met him. Got a friend. Didn't talk any politics. Didn't talk anything. You know what I mean? Just get out there. It's okay to disagree. Let's just be clear for a second. Yeah, let's talk about the future. Yeah, let's let's surmise all of this real quick. We can agreeably disagree. Just the fact that I can 
Like, I may not agree with everything that everybody else says, but at the same time, I can still have enough respect to hear their opinion. I may choose to walk away when I hear certain things, but that's totally up to you and your own abilities. When you're dealing with people, it's okay to disagree. There's a loving aspect to communication to where that we may not see everything the same way. But the fact that you can see what you see, Austin, and you can see what you see, TCAST, and I can see what I can see. When you put all of that together, that collective consciousness or all of us as one, we get the envisioning of heaven on earth. We, we're all part of it. We're actively participating in it. So now, in closing, blessings. Too, go ahead, brother. Well, let me give me one more thing. Uh, you know, to compound on the government and everything that's going on, if you don't agree with what's going on in your state, you know, find a state that does. You know, if you, if you want to yeah. find uh, find a state that does, go live there, go move there, because those people are most like you. And now on top I, of that, and I, and if you also I, don't agree, I agree with, with it, go to the election yeah. box. Go no, to the hey, election here's box the thing: go for the people that do agree with you. He's right. There's, you know, you do have a say. There's a hundred percent. I agree with him a hundred percent. But there's you know, probably I'm, I'm a lot Alabama, of other people. I'm hearing Alabama Katie did's in the background. Hold on just a second, Austin. Sorry, are I'm you outside? Austin. Oh, I am. Yeah, I've been outside. The oh, morning. that is beautiful. I haven't heard that in so many. Sorry, I just a hey, second, guys. No, I, hey, that was awesome. All right. Low key, the other night when everybody right, was when 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 uh when 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 the rev was all. All right, guys. Uh, you guys can go ahead and take it and uh, start off. And no one said anything. I could tell Austin was outside because you could literally hear. It's beautiful. I love kind of listening to it. It's a, uh, it's wet and damp. It rained all day today. It was beautiful. I loved mm-hmm. it. Um, but, uh, uh, Rev, why don't you take it away with your blessing? Oh, yes, they, yes sir. Um, so bless the nations with the truth. We each and every have a, a sovereign destiny. This is your sonic DNA. The fact that you carry a name and a resonance and authority, you are made in the image of the creator, experiencing yourself here on heaven on earth. This universe is an ecosystem that you are actively participating in its manifestation. That means you are the man and woman who is manifesting those things around you by the words that you resonate and speak. Do not get trapped in fear. Recognize you have a blessing and you have a sovereign purpose to to bring gratitude, love, light, and the fact that we are all one, start with that principle and see yourself in another, as Carl Jung would say. So blessings upon the nations. Blessed be tree family. Thank you for your time and energy. And I want to make sure everybody who's out there who gives a listen, make sure you go on and do your own research. Validate everything that we're saying from your perspective. And if you don't agree, tell us about it. We would love to hear, but enjoy the research process and find out for yourself that, you know, what they would say in the scriptures, a good Berean, you know, he studies the scriptures to find out what was true, to test the spirits. That's not a wrong aspect of life. Research for yourself to make sure everything that we're saying to you is validated and true. Because it's one thing for us to tell you what to do. Okay, that's great. That's a regurgitation. For you to have the empowerment to know in your temple vessel what to do, that's sovereign destiny and DNA focused with the words that you say from then on. Blessed be tree family. I appreciate you guys. I know we carried over a little bit longer than an hour tonight, but it was so very worth it. And I'm so thankful that I have these wonderful men to share this vision with us. Blessings, guys. And let me know if there's anything else we need to address before we close here. No. I appreciate no, you listening in, and I appreciate <laughs> y'all. Say, this is right? the best. What, I, I'm, I'm all listen. about this. All right. Yes, thanks. Come back. Like, share, go see Canon Movie Salvation Anointed, and if you're daring, go to that IlluminatiNWO.com. Blessings, guys. Ooh.